This is Mike Maniscalco. You're listening to the Tracking the Storm podcast. I don't know why I clap, but welcome to the Tracking the Storm podcast. My name is Matt Soma, and you're like, wow, this is this isn't Brandon opening the podcast. You know what is this? This is this is weird. I don't like it. You know what? That's fine. I understand. Like that's fair, folks. This week, I, I'm not gonna lie. Like this is a momentous occasion for the Tracking the Storm podcast. Alex Ohari is back. Back on the podcast after what feels like a five-year um, departure, he he's finally back. Alex, how are you doing? Is he really back, though? I, I mean, the, the podcast is now 100% more Canadian. Hey, I mean, I don't think that's a bad thing, right? No, I mean you're you're from a you're from a good Canadian market. I don't think many people have had bad things to say about Ottawa. Well, you know what? I hope not. And uh, honestly, man, it's uh, it's good to be back. You know, you realize uh, when you're not around how much you miss just shooting the shit with the guys and having your hockey opinion taken seriously. You know, it's uh, it, it's something that uh, kind of grows away from you. So I'm uh, I'm happy to be back, pumped to be back, and. Uh, yeah, I'm just glad you guys uh, brought me back into the loop here. Yeah, and, it, and, it, and you know, this is also an outlet where it doesn't feel like you're shouting into the void as much, right? Like, you know, I feel like on Twitter, it's kind of like an echo chamber where, like, people will just agree with you. Or or maybe they won't. But, you know, like, typically, you know, if, if, you, if you have, like, a following or if, like, you follow people, chances are you're going to agree with them. And, you know, so it's, like, it's nice to actually have, like, a place where we can just kind of disagree. At the same yeah, time. I don't know. My my mentions are usually a bit of a dumpster fire. So Twitter is kind of, uh, it's, it's like a wasteland nowadays. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm, you know, the, the, I, I've had to grow further apart from Kane's Twitter this year for, for obvious reasons. And now actually after uh, yesterday's news, probably more distant from Kane's Twitter. Yeah, I, um, I'm almost envious. But you know, like Canes fans, you know we're we're at a point now where like we're just enjoying the games, right? Like I think I think you know, especially once Tavo went down in the first round, the the attitude sort of shifted to where not not like we're like happy to be here, right? But like once we beat the Islanders, we're like, oh hey, you know, we got back to that mentality of like it's the Canes against everybody, you know, because. Once again, everybody, national media starts doubting us. Same with us against the Devils, right? You know, it really does feel like the Canes are this underdog team, which is weird to say for a team that finished second in the league, right? Yeah, I'm with you. Like, like the Hurricanes are a good team, and yes, they're missing two top players, and obviously Teravinen should be back, but, like, it's weird. Yeah, and you know what? You could almost put Florida in the same boat, right? Because nobody gave them a hope in hell against Boston. And then when they somehow overcame the Bruins, everyone was like, well, especially in the Leafs fan base and the, the national media, especially here in Canada, man. It was like, okay, so Toronto's got a open slate. They're going right to the cup final. No one's going to stand in their way. You know, the whole, we want Florida, you know, and all the chants going on. And it's like everybody kind of forgot that, you know, hey, Florida is – a good team. They just beat the best regular season team in history. And everyone kind of 
just figured the Leafs are just going to walk right over them and it wasn't even going to be a contest. And Florida just got right back to business, right? They 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 play a, a game that's very suited to playoff style hockey. We'll get into that more, you know, as we go on here. And it's it's going to be a great matchup with the Hurricanes, man. It's kind of t- two teams that almost fly under the radar, so to speak. And like you said, you know, it's hard. How can you have a team that finished second in the league fly under the radar? But when you you know you're missing some of your top players, it's kind of like you get disrespected. And Florida's kind of a team that just stumbled along all year and then got on a hot run at the end. And they're like, hey, well, you know, we still have a lot of talent that that group finished first in the league last year, did they not? So, yeah. um, yeah. So it's it's kind of in a place where, you know, it's like two teams who really got slept on a lot, but it's two teams that really deserve to be where they are. Well, we're starting. I mean, you mentioned you know that the the media and certain fans up there were starting to talk about, you know, like, well, the Leafs have this path to the cup final. Now they're going to breeze past Florida, but I'm also starting to kind of see some of that in the Canes fan base of like, Oh, who do you want the Canes to face in the Stanley cup? Or like, you know, whatever, like, no, that's, and and this isn't even something that the Canes are uh, doing right They're They're definitely treating this as, Hey, Florida's a tough team. We got to take this one game at a time, not even just one series at a time, right? Because, like, you know, you, you maybe don't consider Florida as having, like, or as being, like, a premier market. Uh, obviously, the attendance jokes for both teams have been, you know, a thing. And, they, you know, Matthew Kachuk is probably a star player in the league. Or, you know, he was when he was in Calgary, and I think, you know, him getting traded to Florida kind of, you know, killed the star power from like a marketing perspective, if that makes any sense. Cause like, he's no longer in a Canadian market. Yeah. You know what? It's crazy to bring that up. Cause you kind of hear more about Huberto now that he's in Calgary than when he scored 115 points last year in Florida. Oh, for sure. Saying? And Huberto sucked this year. Yeah. He was terrible. Like, and, and that's just crazy. And I mean, now obviously you're starting to hear about Matthew Kachuk again, because obviously, you know, there are four teams that you can be talking about right now that are playing hockey games currently. But even then, man, it still feels like, in a way, both teams are kind of being written off. Yeah, you know, you bring up a good point, too, because Florida, if some of their top guys were in, you know, a, a more a more popular market, right, like, you know, the Torontos or the New Yorks of the world or whatever. Like like you said, Matt Tuchuk, this guy is a superstar in the league. I think there's not really many hockey players, if any, that bring the entire dynamic package that he brings, which, let's be honest, is going to cause a world of problems for the Hurricanes. I think they're going to have a lot of trouble containing him specifically. But, you know, you look at other spots on their on their roster and, you know, Brandon Montour isn't talked about a whole lot. I think people are finally starting to take notice of how good of a year he had and how good of a playoff run he's had. Um, and, you know, Barkov is Barkov is almost in that same situation as Slavin, right, where he's been underrated for so long that is he overrated now? You know, you can kind of bring up that point. But, uh, you know, like they, they just – they have a lot of depth at the right spots. Um, you know, guys like Carter Verhage, he's, he doesn't have that star power, but the guy scored 40 goals this year. It's like – you know, if these guys were in bigger markets, you would be hearing about them a lot more than I think they really get the credit that they deserve in Florida. Um, and man, Verhage's been money these playoffs too. Absolutely, man. And you take these guys and then, 
you mix that in with a red hot Sergey Bobrovsky, who, you know, when he gets on a run and we've seen how good of a goalie this guy can be in the past. Um, I, I think it's making up for a great series. Yeah, and you know, just a quick note on Barkov. If Barkov was in a market like Boston, like like say Barkov was in Boston, they'd be talking about him like he was Patrice Bergeron. Like they talk about Patrice oh. Bergeron, right? Oh, hundred percent. Because you know, production wise, they're fairly similar. I think I think Barkov is way more skilled than Bergeron. But that same, you know, selkie caliber player. And, like, I remember a time on Hockey Twitter, if you wanted to sound really smart, you would talk about Alexander Barkov and Jacob Slavin. Now it's like, yeah, okay, buddy. Like, we get it. Jacob Slavin's good at <laughs> hockey, right? But, you know, yeah. like, this is this is a, uh, a very interesting series. And I think... Florida has the advantage in terms of forwards. They may not have the depth that Carolina has, although I think it's really close, actually. Like, their bottom six is really good. Very good. Um, Goaltending, I don't know. The Canes, it's, you know, recently it's, they've had the Brodsky's number. It depends who you're going to get from the Hurricanes, you know what I mean? It depends how their goalies are going to decide to play. It depend, if you're getting 2023 playoff Frederick Anderson – Great. If you're getting 2023 regular season Frederick Anderson, that's not good. Yeah, or you know the game three Frederick Anderson and ah uh, yeah that Kane's just didn't. It, it was a colossal. It was a colossal collapse from the entire group. But like it. Yeah. It it was a rough look, you know. So it, it, there's always that that thought in the back of your mind of you know are we going to get the consistency we need from the goaltenders on this roster and you know. Uh, against the Islanders, I think Antti Ranta gave you some really good performances as well, but there was also, you know, the odd case of a weak bounce going in here, or, you know, a goal that he should have had. And I think that's kind of the thing that's plagued the Hurricanes goalies all season. Um, and, you know, what kind of separates their goaltending group from, you know, the other the opposite side of the absolute top guys where you're not really getting those same inconsistencies on a game-to-game basis, even if you do have the odd goal. Like, you know, like a Jake Ottinger, for example, he had a couple rough games in their series with Seattle, but then he would just bounce back and the guy was like unbeatable next game. And the Hurricanes get that sometimes, but it's just, it's still not on the consistent level that you would like to see. Um, So yeah, I, I do think, you know, it, it's really going to depend on, first of all, who gets the reins and second of all, the consistency they bring to the series, because I think... With how Bobrovsky's played throughout the playoffs, um, it's it's going to take a lot for the Hurricanes to really get him off his game. And I think they're really going to need their own guys to match his level. And, you know, with the, the Hurricanes have done a good job of getting the greasy goals this this uh, this series. That's, or, that's how the, you have to win in the playoffs, man. you you got to get to the net and get the greasy ones in. I mean, you, you, it can't be all fancy in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, like, let's take a look at it, you know, like, that's the reason, not the reason, but one of the reasons why New Jersey lost the last series, right? You know, they've got a ton of skill guys, but there's not a whole lot of guys who can play around the net. And, I mean, 
look at the guys that produce for the Hurricanes. Jordan Martinhook, Jesper Faust. I mean, the, the series winning goal by Jesper Faust, I think he scored it off his dick, but like, you know. Yeah, it was off his nuts. It was, uh... <laughs> let, me, let me start that over. I have to be a little less vulgar. You know, I, I think he might have scored off of his downstairs there, but like, you know, that's, that's, hey, it counts. They all count and, the same. I mean, Stefan Nason, first round, you know, I mean, like, that guy's the epitome of scoring from right around the net. So that's going to be the biggest key is which team can get to the net. Um, I do think the Hurricanes have the advantage in transition. I think Florida's defense isn't the quickest. I think Montour's a fine skater, but he's not, like, elite. You've got Radko Gudas, um, who's a hockey player, and Mark Stahl. Mark Stahl is in that same category. Also is a hockey player. Um, both of those guys, their their legs are not what they used to. I'd even argue that Gudis's legs were never that great. But um, the one thing about Gudis that you've got to worry about, and Kachuk, let's be honest, is the uh, the high hits. They'll they'll take a run at you. They won't be afraid to do that. And we saw in the Islanders series that the what what the Canes did that worked so well in that series is they didn't let it phase them. We saw that especially I think it was Game Four against the Islanders. The Islanders just kept getting mad. And they kept trying to get under the Canes' skin to get back in that game, and the Canes would not let them. That's what you got to do against Florida, too. Absolutely. And I think a big key to that as well will be trying to limit what Sam Bennett brings to this series because watching this guy this year, I cannot believe the strides he's taken from when he was with Calgary, right? He used to be a guy who just had no identity whatsoever. And now you watch this guy, and he's just – Excuse my French, but he's just a total shithead out there, right? He does everything right. He just he's a guy that he he can cause so many problems mentally for other teams as well. I think you know, he's he's like he's got that Eric Hollis syndrome in him. Like he, he's got the same kind of vibe, but he's just much more skilled as well. So I think, you know, he's not gonna obviously bring the same presence as Hollow because he doesn't have that history with the Canes, but I think a guy like that could be very, very key to getting the Hurricanes off their game. And you know um, the Hurricanes leaders will have them prepared for that kind of thing. But, you know, in the trenches, it's playoff hockey, man. You know, things will be said. Punches will be thrown. It will be rough. It will be physical. But the Hurricanes, the big key for them is going to be obviously maintaining their composure and sticking to their game plan because – when they're when they're on their game and they're you know playing the way that they're coached to play, it's a team that we've seen can beat anybody in this league. Whether you know I don't care if Florida has twenty Matt to Chucks, you know what I mean. I I just think this team when they're firing on all cylinders and playing to their system, it's a it's a team that can really cause problems for anybody. So I'm gonna have one question, one more question for you, and then we'll do uh, then we'll break for an ad real quick. You know, I asked Brandon this this uh, this question last series. It's like the Hurricanes win this series if blank. I'm going to kind of change that up to say, like, what is the X factor that will separate the Canes from the Panthers in this series? Man, you're going to put me on the spot like that, eh? I ask the tough questions on this podcast. First podcast back, yep. and you just, you just throw a curveball at me like no that. No free lunches here. Keep in mind, this answer could change by the time this podcast is released tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like, this this is always an, an ever-changing kind of 
kind of ordeal here because for one, it's a playoff series. There's a lot of angles to it. And two, you put me on the spot. You know, that's that's pretty unfair. You my first time back, but you know, we'll let it slide. <laughs> let it slide for the good of the show. Uh, I I honestly think it's going to be the Hurricane skill guys stepping up and producing offense because for me, let's be honest, you know, we were carried last series by Jordan Martinuk. We were carried by Jesper Foss, like you said. We were carried by more of our bottom of the roster players. Sebastian Ajo, had, he's, he's had a great playoff so far, and you know you can rely on him. Um, but there's been some inconsistencies from the top of the roster guys. You know, guys like Marty Natchez, who had a fantastic offensive season. You know, Seth Jarvis, who we see his skill on display all the time. Um, and, you know, I'll put Kotkin Yemi in that, in that category as well, even though I, I feel like he's grown and he's elevated his play every game as the playoffs have gone on. I think we just need a little more offense from the guys in our top six, specifically, um, you know, the three guys I mentioned, I would say Kotkin Yemi, Natchez and Jarvis being consistent contributors. Um, and, you know, if you get Tavo Teravainen back as well, he's another guy you could throw into that category where you hope he can give you a little more offensively than he did throughout the season. Um, because I have a feeling that Florida is not going to have a serious issue scoring against us. I feel like they will score some goals. Um, they just have a lot of firepower up front, right? So I think the key for the Hurricanes is their top guys are going to have to be their top guys, and they're going to have to be able to match and probably outdo um, Florida's top scorers. So if they do that, I think, you know, if you can continue to get some kind of consistent scoring or at least, you know, anything from your bottom six. I mean, I'm not expecting Jordan Martinuk to have another 10-point series. You know, he went from zero to 10, literally. Uh, so, you know, he could fall anywhere in the middle. And, uh, yeah, you know, you, you can't, you just can't rely on those guys to carry you offensively. So I think you're going to really need your offensive guys to step up, take their reins, and really take control of the series. Yeah. I, I, I you know, I, I have no disagreements because you're right. You know, like it's it's a team effort. That's that's what it's going to boil down to. And you know, as we've seen in these playoffs, teams built on individual skill. Toronto, excuse me, sorry, had something in my throat there. Um, They've they aren't in the final four. So, anyways, folks, we're going to be back in ready second or in just a quick second. There we go. Sorry, I don't do this as my job. You know, Brandon does it. We're going to be back in just a quick second after a word from our friends at DraftKings. Light the lamp during the hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. We're getting down to the wire. Only, what, eight teams left? Only a couple games away from being in the Final Four. Get over to the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Take advantage while you still can. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code THPN for the Hockey Podcast Network. New customers can make a $5 hockey playoff bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Uh, 21 and up in most eligible states, but age does vary by jurisdiction. See the show notes wherever you get our podcast for important details or go to DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for responsible state-specific, state-specific gambling resources. Let's face it, with coffee starting at $5 these days and our bank accounts somehow always depleting, we are officially entering a dupe session. 
Most products do the same thing but are priced differently solely based on the brand name. So a good duplicate or dupe is critical for getting the highest quality at the best price. One dupe you definitely shouldn't sleep on, Raycon wireless earbuds. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point, so you can listen to what you want when you want without breaking the bank. I know for me, I live with my earbuds in 24-7. With the current inflation and recession worries, they're so easy to replace. They're a more competitive price point than any of the other big guys, and they provide the quality and versatility of any of the other guys. Raycon's mission is to prove that you shouldn't have to pay an arm and a leg for quality sound and essential smart tech listening features. You can get a pair and a spare and still pay less than you would with some of those other more big-name tech brands out there. Raycon knows that in this economy, every purchase needs to be perfect. They offer buy now, pay later options, so right now you can pay as low as $18 at checkout. They have an easy and free return guarantee and offer two years of product protection insurance for just a few bucks. They also offer free domestic shipping and flat fee international shipping. They have over 50,000 five-star reviews, including mine. I love my Raycons. Use them every day. All I do, sit around at work, I've got my Raycons in. If I'm doing a podcast, I've got my Raycons in. Between the customizable sound profiles, noise isolation and awareness modes, and crystal clear call quality, there's no better option on the market. Go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. And we're back. I don't have the ad read in front of me, so that's why I uh, just have the pause. We'll get, we'll get Brandon to insert. We can do it in post. Uh, <laughs> Alex, I thought of this question kind of on the spot a second ago. Um, we've heard, and and it hasn't been from like media members. It's it's been from hockey fans that think they know what that they that think they're TV executives, right? We've heard like, oh, this is gonna suck for ratings, all this crap, whatever. Like what how is the Canadian media spinning the Eastern Conference final or really even the the rest of the playoffs in general now that there aren't any Canadian teams? I might I might be the wrong person to ask because obviously I'm located in Ottawa, right? And it's not like Ottawa made the playoffs anyway. So it's kind of been, you know, the Ottawa media and, well, I mean, for one, mostly the Ottawa media, you know, when you turn on the radio, they're talking about the pending sale of the Senators, you know, who's the power group of the day? Is it going to be Snoop Dogg? Is it going to be Ryan Reynolds? Is it going to be The weekend? You know, that's kind of the drama that we've got going on now. So when they're actually talking uh, and engaged in playoff hockey discussion, it's usually all positive uh, from this end. Um, you know, this is this is the conference finals, right? There's four teams left. Like at this stage, obviously these remaining teams are very quality hockey teams, right? You don't stumble to this you, you don't stumble this far by accident. You know what I mean? I you, you can't take anything away from any of these four teams, regardless of you know, what your loyalties or what your agenda um might might be might be consisting of um so yeah you know in, in ottawa i think it's been all positive obviously you know you see on twitter and stuff the oh it's gonna be the least least viewed east eastern conference final of all time and i i really think that's garbage to even suggest that you know just because it's two southern southern teams playing and just because 
the whiny Leaf fans and their team got knocked out because they could not get it done. Let's not forget, they had the same opportunity as everyone else. They just came up short. Um, so, I, you know, I think it's going to be a great series. Um, and I think, you know, a- anybody that 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 kind of, you know, shits on this series and doesn't take it seriously just because it's it's too, you know, not exactly mainstream teams. Um, I, I think it's going to be a huge loss for these people as hockey fans because I think we're going to be treated to a great series in the East. And, you know, you could say the same in the West as well. Um, but specifically yeah. in the East, where you know it, it's two teams that don't really get a lot of hype, they don't really get a lot of uh, fanfare and national media attention. But it's it's two teams that have a lot of skill, have a lot of talent, and play the game the right way. Uh, I think they match up really well against each other. So you know when you have two teams that play such a similar style and have such similar skill, uh, it, it's going to be a great clash. And it, it it's going to be great for the markets too. I mean, you know. Oh, for sure. We we've it's it's been like I mentioned this earlier. You know, like Florida fans have had to deal with so many attendance jokes over the year, just like Canes fans, right? And like this is a huge opportunity to grow that market. And you know, like the Florida fan base is a passionate fan base. It's just you know what the issue is is kind of what the Coyotes had a while back, but the arena's nowhere near the fan base. You know, it's it's like a 45-minute drive to the arena, and there's nothing to do around there. And, I mean, you could honestly argue that that's kind of the same case for the Canes Arena up until recently. You it's, know, there hasn't the been anything near it, you know? But, like, it's going to be great for the Raleigh market, too. And that alone is going to obviously drive up traffic for the games. It's going to make people want to tune in in this area. And I mean, let's face it, the Canes have pretty much had one of the highest attendance numbers in the NHL this year. You know, the games are going to be packed. People are going to be invested in it. Tons of people are going to be watching outside of that. And it gives, you know, you the opportunity to highlight. It gives the NHL the opportunity to highlight players that they don't normally highlight. You know, this is going to be, you know, Alexander Barkov versus Sebastian Ajo. That's a big storyline that they could push, you know. I mean, they they were the 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 fact that there's three Stahl brothers participating in this series is just a absolute gift. Yeah, it's a really cool storyline, isn't it? That's, I I mean, really like cool. the fact that you've got that story alone and already like that cool of a story is incredible. Well, not you know, only obviously that, man. Had... You you've got Rod Brindamore versus Paul Maurice as well, right? Yeah, the the, the it really is like you know like. Paul Maurice coached Rod Brindamore. That's so cool in and of itself, too. And I mean, you know, it's it's a fascinating series. And the 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 fact that there's so many Canes connections on the Panthers is is one that you know, like local fans can get behind. Like, and honestly, like you know, regardless of the outcome of this series, like if Florida wins the series, like that's a team that I can cheer for as a hockey fan. Because no matter who comes out of the East, they're the underdogs. Yeah, they're the scrappy underdogs that have had to punch their way up. You know, you hear like there's the hockey purists that don't actually want to grow the game, right? You know, that are like whining about this, but like in reality, this is such a positive thing. We're two markets that maybe are that are non-traditional are getting 
this sort of opportunity, right? And let's be honest, you know, the, there's a chance that we could have somebody win the cup for the first time this year. You know, yeah, the, yeah, that, Florida and Vegas have never won a cup. Dallas won it, I think, in the 90s, and then the Canes won it in 2006. So it, it, it's it's so exciting, man. Like, even as, like, a neutral hockey fan, I'm looking at that Dallas-Vegas series going, like, man, that's exciting hockey. You know, that's going to be – whatever team comes out of that is going to be exciting to watch in the final. You know, like, it grows the game. For, for me, too, man, it's just – it's such a breath of fresh air, like – as a neutral observer, like if your team is knocked out by this point, are you, I, I can't understand why you wouldn't just be happy that, you know, you're not subjected to having to watch Boston anymore or, uh, you know, Tampa Bay. Like we got new teams uh, that have finally made it this far, right? It's, it's fresh. You know, you've right, got, you're not watching Pittsburgh, Chicago, LA, you know, like the teams, like when I was, you know, like in high school, like I could not st- Dan watching the playoffs because it's Chicago. It's yeah, Pittsburgh. Same te- it's just Washington. Same every year. Like this this year, the fact that both Pittsburgh and Washington missed the playoffs was great for me as a hockey fan. Just as somebody that like wants to see new things every year, I was thrilled that I don't have to see Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin in the playoffs because I've seen that since the early 2000s. Like, and this is a chance for a lot of people, you know, and again, like a lot of people, a lot of hockey fans tune out once their seasons are over. I understand that. Yeah. But it gives hockey fans that do care the opportunity to watch a team that they probably don't get to watch. Yeah. You know, Florida and Carolina do not get I, yeah, any I, national I don't, th- I don't think they're pretty high on people's lists of, you know, must-see teams, right? Hey, man, you know. It's fun. Canes, the Canes are going to be a lot of fun. I know that, you know, a lot of people are excited for this series. Um, I honestly, when I asked you that question about like how Canadian media is um, framing it, I did forget that you're in Ottawa and that ownership bid is actually like kind of a big deal. Yeah, it's 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 pretty cool out here. man. It's taken on a life of its own and, you know, like it's always nice having something like a story to kind of go adjacent to the playoffs. Cause I feel like it tunes in the fans that maybe are a little bit more casual whose teams are out. Yeah. You know? I'm, a, I'm a bit disappointed the way it went down with Ryan Reynolds. Cause it sounds like he's out and I, I kind of think he got duped. Um, but you know, the, the, the entire process has been really cool. And like you said, you know, it, it's something alongside the playoffs where you have another cool story with a whole bunch of popular celebrities, right. That, you know that it's nothing but good for the game of hockey. And, you know, as someone from Ottawa, it's nothing but great for our team and our city as well. So, um, you know, it's another, it's another great opportunity for the NHL to take another step towards the global level, um, especially if one of these big superstars can get in with this bid. So I might be wrong in saying this. I don't want to touch on this too much because it's a, you know, this is a Canes podcast, but you'll, you'll see where I'm going with this. I'm going to, how can we make this about the least? No. How can we make this about the hurricanes? You know, right. I kind of feel like hurricanes fans can sort of empathize with senators fans because like senators fan, like the senators have always been like the smaller market of the Canadian teams. Like the, the one that maybe be, 
feels like the little brother of some of the Canadian teams. Like, you know, uh, they don't have as storied of a past as, you know, a, a team like, I mean, the Leafs pretend they have a storied past. I mean, you have to go back half a century to find that storied past. But, you know, oh, like... They'll let you know about it. Oh, yeah, of course they will. They'll let you know about other times the Leafs were a, a team that failed to compete in the playoffs. Um, you know, the 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 Canadians, the, the, all those other teams, you know, it, it really does feel like Sens fans kind of have that sort of, you know us against Canada mentality that the Canes have with us against the world. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I totally agree. Right. It's, it's been a thing where we've like, I feel, I feel bad for the city and the, the fan base in general. I don't want to get too deep into it, you know, because like you said, it's a hurricanes podcast, but uh, you know, just with such unstable ownership, especially over the past, uh, maybe half decade to spending, maybe to a full decade, if you want to go all the way back, I think you could say it started when the whole Daniel Offerson debacle uh, happened. Um, but yeah, you know, about that. yeah, so it, it's been really unstable here for a while, you know, on the biggest day in Sens history when they had their outdoor game against Montreal um, at the big outdoor ra- uh, arena in, in Ottawa, 35,000 fans in attendance and the 100th anniversary game, uh, what it was. And, on the day before the the game actually happens, the owner comes out publicly and he's threatening to move the team. He says, "I'm going to move the team if the fans don't start showing up." You know, and it it, it just well, it, it was it was a really bleak time for Sens fans, and things are finally starting to turn around now. I mean, rest in peace to Eugene Melnick because he did save the franchise. Um, at one point in time, he was the only potential owner that wanted to keep the Sens in Ottawa. So you know, with I guess with even how his ownership aged over time, you know, he's, he's, he's got to be given a lot of credit because he's the reason that the city still has a team. Um, but, you know, I can compare it a lot to the hurricane situation as well, where, you know, for a while for the hurricanes, you know, we were part of this fan base in these dark days, right. When things were very bleak for the team, it wasn't looking good overall. You know, the fans weren't showing up. There wasn't much to be excited about in terms of the product they were giving to us on the ice. Um, you know, we had the relocation rumors swirling around and everything. And um, finally, you get a good owner like Tom Dundon come in um, and really, really steer the ship in the right direction. Um, and, you know, obviously the hope is that when the Ottawa bid finally gets, you know, through its due process and the new owner comes in, you know, hopefully he can get us an arena downtown and hopefully he can take the, the, the core that's already built here and the foundation and the fan base and, really rally it up and juvenate it to the point that they can kind of be put on the same path as the hurricanes are going on now. You know what I mean? So, um, and you, you know, you can even parlay that into kind of the opposite side of what um, the hope is in Ottawa and, you know, what just went down with the coyotes, you know, uh, regardless of what people say, they, they do have a passionate fan base, right? There's a lot of, there's a lot of passionate fans in any fan base, um, and, you, you know, you just, your heart breaks for the diehard Arizona Coyotes fans who their, their city literally voted down a hockey rink and entertainment center for a fucking garbage dump, you know? So like you, you got to feel awful on both sides, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't remember where I was going with this, but uh, I, I guess the, the grand summary is, you know, ownership can change the entire direction of your franchise. And obviously we've seen that, you know, going from nine years of no playoffs to, uh, 
five straight years and a strong chance to, you know, make some real noise this year uh, since Tom Dundon took over. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I have to say something about the Coyote situation because that is yeah, just – it, it's, it's another one of those situations similar to Florida where the arena is nowhere near the fans. And they, they wanted to build it in Tempe where a lot of their fans are, and they just can't. Ownership cheaped out. Like, yes, like there is something to be said about the fact that the Arizona Coyotes – and their ownership did not do enough to sway the voters. They didn't. And they it's entirely possible. It, it's on previous ownerships for refusing to make that team competitive. You know, like I, 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 was, I, I was talking with somebody the other night. Like, the frustrating thing, if you're a Coyotes fan, is like, it's not like the Hurricanes were like, like they had like the worst of the worst of like the hurricanes because they were awful, but they were bad. And then, you know, they'd have one good season where they'd make the playoffs and they'd actually make a bit of noise in the playoffs. And then they wouldn't make the playoffs after that and do nothing. They'd have all those lottery picks again. They couldn't develop a prospect. It's like, you know, I don't, I, I don't blame the fans for not showing up because it's exactly what we dealt with in Carolina. And and Arizona, like, the Diamondbacks have not been good, but they still really good. The Cardinals do incredibly well in Arizona. So you have sports there that succeed and do really well. The Suns. The Suns are, are a very good example of that, too, where they, they have a great fan base. But, like, for whatever reason, the NHL just could not make it work. And it's not because, oh, you know, Southern people won't like hockey. Ice is cold. <laughs> like, it's just when you're not good and you're not easily accessible like baseball is. Like, baseball's cheap and you can drink a lot of beer and have fun. It's like a social event. That's why baseball's successful. Like, hockey is not cheap, really not cheap to play, and not all accessible, especially down in southern markets. That's a cut topic for another time, but, you know, we'll get there. I just feel awful for Coyotes fans, man. Like, this is obviously something that they wanted. They All they want is for their team to just have a home. They and honestly, when you, when you put it like that, it's almost heartbreaking. You it's know what depressing. I mean? It, it's brutal. It's, it's brutal. also depressing that they have to play in a rink that only seats 4,000 fans. It looks awful for the league. You you can't sit there and claim to be a top tier professional league, and, and, and one of your teams is homeless. Like, and it just sucks. Like Coyotes fans deserve better, man. And like they deserve way better. And this is because like we dealt with this as Canes fans. And Kevin Weeks, man, like love the guy. I think what he brings to social media is interesting and fun. But it's a bad look on him to just be tweeting pictures of cities after the Coyotes vote failed. 
I'm sorry, man. Like you're just looking for clicks at that point. We know what you're doing. You're just trying to stir the pot. He's not hearing anything. Yeah. He's just trying to make a story out of these fans' misery. I just, I I don't think the NHL is quite at the point yet, even with this, you know, with this failed bid here. I, I still don't think that they've reached a point where they're like, okay, we've got to close the doors on this franchise. It's time to pack up and move. I think, you know, and you know, the thing that gets me, man, is that Gary Bettman has been on this thing for so long. The whole making the Coyotes work in Arizona. It's I, I feel like for him, it's almost like it's personal now. You know what I mean? At this it's point, it's like, like, it's like a vendetta. If I give up, I failed. You know, and he, Gary Bettman, will, like, he, he will fight till this thing goes down, I think, before he, he throws in the towel and says, you know, I, I was wrong. You know, Arizona is just not the one. Yeah. You know, Coyotes fans, or Coyotes ownership, I mean, they've got a year to figure something out. I hope they get it done, man. That, They've that got a year to convince Tempe that this is going to happen. Because if not, they're screwed, man. And it sucks. It sucks for hockey. Like, just take this, like, take this into consideration, right? How incompetent do you have to be as an ownership group to have your arena proposal shut down in favor of a landfill? I just, it's, I actually, I just can't believe it. Like I actually how, didn't know the landfill thing. Uh, that's very like weird. I, I'm, I, the thing is, I'm not even making it up. Like that's it is, so it's 100% weird. Percent legitimate. Um, the last thing I'll say about the Coyote situation before we briefly move on and close out is Arizona's produced a couple prospects recently, and you may have heard of one of them. Austin Matthews was. Born in Scottsdale and literally played like it is one of the best players in the world from Arizona. Matthew Nyes, Leafs fans are acting like he's the second coming of Jesus. He's not, but he's still going to play NHL games and probably going to have a long career. Let's be honest. Yeah. By taking hockey out of Arizona, I'm not saying you're going like Arizona is going to produce another generational or elite player and, you know, a ton of prospects. They're not going to become like a prospect hotbed, but like take a look at what California is starting to do. They're starting to pump out a lot more prospects. If you take hockey out of Arizona it's not just the coyotes that go out with it. It's all of the local hockey yeah. is, is going to get gutted because I'm sure the coyotes are funding some of that. So this has multiple effects. Um, and it's not just the fans. It's obviously not just the team. It's, it's a, it's a variety of things. Um Alex, before before we go, let's 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 bring it back to the Canes. Let's bring it back to the center of the hockey universe, shall we? You know, we've we've we spent time talking about small markets like Toronto, Ottawa, Calgary. It's time to talk about the 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 one city that really matters, and that's Raleigh, Durham, Morrisville, Chapel Hill, Cary. Every time I say that, I'm just going to keep adding a city. 
I'm going to make that my bit. Um, the Hurricanes entering the series have played a tough, gritty, hard-nosed series against the Islanders and kind of handily beat the Bruins. I'm gonna or not the Bruins, the Devils. I'm gonna I'm gonna say. And then on the other side, you've got Panthers fighting a very tough, gritty, hard-nosed series against the Bruins, and then kind of running away with it against the Leafs. So my question to you is, is like, how do you see see this series unfolding? How many games do you see it going? And then who comes out on top? I'll tell you this. I I think this series is going to be I, I think it's going to be a much different dynamic than either of the four series that these two teams have been involved in. I think this series, the way I can see it going, I think, you know, it's going to be a very electric pace. Um, going to be lots of skill involved. There will probably be some moments of, you know, bad blood between these two teams. Remember last year, right? Like these two teams really did not like each other too much when, um, you know, they were battling for the top spot in the East. Um, yeah, I, uh, my early pick, my gut is telling me, I think the Hurricanes will handle this series and I've got them doing it in six games. I think, you know, with home ice being obviously such a key for the Hurricanes, um, you know, ha- having that home ice advantage and starting, um, you know, starting at home, the crowds are obviously the atmosphere is going to be just electric, right? Um, and Florida, man, they they came out of a hard series against Boston, like you said. A lot of people wrote them off after that. Said, how much do they have left? And you know, they they really brought a lot of energy against Toronto. But I just, even with Toronto's skill, I just don't think they have the pushback that the Hurricanes have or the resolve that the Hurricanes have. Um, and you know what, call this this might be a crazy statement considering that, you know, what Boston has done in the past and the fact that they're the best regular season team ever. But I think if the Hurricanes get up to a two one or two nothing or three one series lead, if they get this the same three one series lead that Boston had, they're not gonna fumble the bag like Boston did. I, I've got the Hurricanes being able to take care of business in that situation. Um so I, I think the Hurricanes will handle business on home ice. I think they will have a gap in the series early on. And I, I just think, you know, I've got a lot of respect for Florida, their talent, how well coached they are, the structure they play with. But I, I just think with, with the Hurricanes in the position they are, I, I just, I, I think they're going to come out on top of this one. So you have the Canes in five or six. I've got, I've got the Hurricanes in six. Okay. That's actually what I have the Canes in as well. Um, I, I see the series being close up until game five. I think I think ideally you know what no I, I'm gonna say I don't think the can I don't think this series ends in a sweep I can't I can't see that happening. no I can't see it either and, and I honestly can't see this series going five either given how both teams are coached so it's going to come down to six or seven and Honest to God, I think the Hurricanes are going to win in six. I really do. Um, 
it's going to be tough because again, you're on the road for that game, but this team's not, they're not bad on the road. These playoffs, man, like they had that one bad game against New Jersey. And then, you know, they were right with the Islanders up until they collapsed spectacularly at the end of the game. But, you know, again, like you could argue that the hurricanes weren't playing poorly until the very end. So I think they can do it. I think it's I think six is reasonable. I'm sticking with that. I do want to keep cut this off right here though, because I know Brandon is going to have to record this or uh, edit this. We're recording the night before uh, game one. This will probably be out the day after game one. So a little bit of this might be outdated, but it is only one game in a best of seven series. So I think we'll be okay. And I hope you'll forgive us for that. Alex, welcome back. It's good to be back, man. It's good to be back. And in case you forgot who he is, you can follow Alex at Future Canes on Twitter. You can follow me at Canes Prospects. And if you're interested in BCHL stuff, you can follow me at Matt Soma 12. You can also follow Brandon at BWStanley26. And folks, it's Eastern Conference Finals. Let's be happy. Let's let's get hype. Because you know what? It's a great time to be a Carolina Hurricanes fan.